Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 39 for the week of February 18th, 2019. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a bunch of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we will be recovering from this weekend's Selection Palooza. Oh boy, there were so many things. There were 11 things on Saturday. So much stuff. Uh, <laughs> how, how are you holding up? Um, I'm good as our resident person who watched all the things on Saturday. I have recovered. Thankfully, it was a holiday weekend. Three days recovery is uh, going three to days, be nice. Yeah, three <laughs> days recovery. It was great. My local bookseller does like a big warehouse sale. So oh, that nice. helped. Yeah. How was your Sunday? Watching the one Eurovision thing. Yeah, yeah. A, ni- a nice fair division of labor. Although uh, we will get into the level of yeah, drama. Well, you got, like, yeah. I-, I think drama-wise, yeah. we got a nice split. So Yeah. <laughs> Just because Romania's Sunday thing had probably as much drama as all 11 things on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But we will get into that. We'll get there eventually. Uh, but first, uh, some exciting news. Uh, Australia is now... All set to be in the next five years of Eurovision up until 2023. Woo! Yeah, that's that's very exciting. And honestly, they've been putting in the work. They deserve it. So the way it's been working the last few years is Australia has to be invited into Eurovision, like as if they were vampires. Yeah, so I'll say, you know, like house. a vampire, <laughs> you have to invite them into your home. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, now they don't have to worry about the host broadcaster extending an invitation. Uh, they are going to be welcome for the next five years. So just one more step in welcoming Australia to the Eurovision family, I guess. Unless they win, and then like who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. That's the type of problem you want to have. Mm-hmm. That does it for the news desk this week, which is which is a nice change. Yeah, getting caught up with what has happened in the past week. Israel had their finale of uh, Rising Star last Tuesday, and uh, the winner of that was Kobe Marimi. He has a nice voice. It it's fine. I I went and watched a couple of the videos that we linked to in the notes, and it it's it's fine. He seems to pick songs that feel a little self serious, like "Let It Be," and he did choose "Fuego," but I would not have chosen that song. No, no. I think that's my issue is that he is making a lot of choices that are kind of like the. Well, like a couple of the songs that he did were Hallelujah and Jar of Hearts and just all of these like songs that the third or fourth place American Idol contestants would choose, like the giant ballads. And yes, his voice can handle it, but it, it just kind of throws into question like what not not taste, but what what is the market for that, you know? Like, you can't exactly. just have an album of, of those sort of songs. Like, you need to have light and shade. And like I said, he has a really good voice. And I think if he's matched with the right song and gets a little bit of stage coaching, like some of the videos, it's just like he... Like, doesn't know what to do with his hands? Like, it's, that, that you know, sort of thing? Which is but. fine. Lots of us don't know what to do with our hands while we're singing a song. We've all right. been there. Right. So I, I think if he's working with the right people, this could be a really good match for Israel. So, okay. Uh, and we'll find out what Israel's song is March 
10th, I think. It's the day before the submission deadline, so mm-hmm. uh, no take backs. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna figure out the right song for for this guy now that they've got him mm-hmm. as their artist. Yes, but please not Fuego. That, that yeah, but please, yeah, do not, yeah, <laughs> just don't pick Fuego. He is he's no. not a Fuego kind of guy, and that's yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Not everybody is. See, elsewhere, it felt like we just had like on Friday just like a ton of well, not a ton. We had two, we had two. Uh, yeah. But it felt like a lot of artist announcements out of nowhere, mm-hmm. like on the eve of what was going to be a very busy weekend. Right. The two that, that emerged, uh, so we had Poland announced that Tulia is going to be their artist, which they are some rising stars in the Polish music industry. Uh, they had, on last year's Polish version of the Grammys, uh, they had one of the the most liked, the most regard- well-regarded performances of the night with a couple other groups. Uh, their debut album went platinum in Poland, and their whole thing is that they do a traditional style of singing known as white voice, which is not just a bunch of vocal fry, as my idiot brain kind of assumed, mm-hmm. but also combining that with modern production. And a couple of the tracks I found for them were covers of Depeche Mode's Enjoy the Silence, Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. Uh, but again, like it's it's very much kind of like a head voice, a little bit kind of nasal, but like multiple of those voices combined both in unison and in harmony. So I'm interested to see what the, what that looks like, particularly like the the modern production side of things that can go in like a couple different ways that can. I'm really hoping that it means that there's not going to be a dubstep drop. I mean, it is your vision. You it is your vision. So. I do kind of want to hear what white voice sounds like with a dubstep drop. Yeah. Um, well, well, that was going to be my question. Like, is it an acapella style or is there instrumentation that goes along with it? Or uh, is that not a defining characteristic of white voice? I think that there is instrumentation with it, uh, at least, again, listening to a couple of their other things. Those all seem to have some level of backing behind them. Okay. And then it was just announced today that it, the song that they are likely to be performing is called Polly Shay. And that's either going to be entirely in Polish or in a combo of Polish and English. I think just because this is, this is very traditional to Poland. Right. Just looking at the group and comparing it to other Eurovision things, as we so often tend to do, it feels like the much more serious cousin of a few years ago, Cleo and Donatan. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that. Like that was like the fun college Halloween party version of like traditional Polish culture, and this is like the Mall UN version of that. Okay, so probably no butter churners. Probably no butter churners. Nobody doing laundry. No heaving bosoms. Good to know. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other major announcement was Greece. Greece named Katarina Duska as their artist. Uh, the PR blurb that accompanied the announcement on the Eurovision website compared her voice to Leaky Lee, Jesse Ware, and Amy Winehouse, which, as our resident indie music correspondent, those are very different reference points. Yeah, those are. That's like a three people who have never been in my kitchen sort of assortment. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I'd put those three in a playlist together. I think having listened to some of her some of her music on YouTube, I think Amy Winehouse is a very apt comparison. There's a, a really nice raspiness to her voice, hmm. sort of a focus on soul. Greece has promised that her song, uh, which is titled Better Love and which we will know more about on March 7th, is not like any other song that Greece has sent to the Eurovision Song Contest in recent years. In that it might qualify or <laughs> Oh man, if it is unlike what they've sent recently, that that seems fair. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. So I guess watch this space for for more details because again, we will know more on March 7th. That does it for just only artist drops. Those those last two like really squeaked in the the song 
announcements as well. Like those were literally like an hour before we taped today. Right. I was just like checking. It was like, oh, oh man, I should I should throw these in there. Yeah. Uh, They're but, finally adhering to our schedule. This is great. Yes, <laughs> it's it's nice. <laughs> we're finally making an impact in this industry. Yes. Elsewhere, again, it was a crazy weekend with five selections, so many selections. Mm-hmm. The first one, just alphabetically, being Croatia. So Croatia picked uh, Roko Blažević with the dream. The kid's got a great voice. He's got like, a great voice, but this is this is a lot of song. Yeah, def- definitely a Eurovision entry. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, and like once I found out that this was co-written by Jacques Houdek, who represented them in 2017, this made a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, oh, okay, that's why this is going super, super widescreen all of a sudden. Yeah, it's a bit overwrought i guess but yes not, not in a rending of garments sort of way like i think i think this could work mm-hmm. the staging was a little basic i thought especially when they were doing like the overhead shot and like the clouds and you couldn't really see roko mm-hmm. in the overhead shot so i think they'll need to make some choices on how they're going to present this on stage one thing that just watching the video made me think of uh, and this is entirely just the a mixture of the staging and the costuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, is my brain immediately went to uh, Greece's beauty school dropout? Like oh, this, yeah, like this yeah. felt very high school production of of, of Greece. Just with, like the white leather biker jacket with the large wings, as though he's appearing as the musical guest on the Victoria's Secret fashion show. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we laugh that now, is but like we, the we, polar <laughs> opposite of what the song is about. So. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a very chaste song. But yeah, it, it, it's Eurovisiony, but not. But I, yeah, but it's yeah, Eurovisiony, like, but I not. But I almost works. Yeah, it works. I kind of want it to be a little bit less serious, a little bit more more fun. But I have mm-hmm. no clue what that means. If that means just like a better beat behind it or what. But yeah, or maybe like using some background leds like i'm, I'm just thinking of jacques performance in 2017 it's like yeah mm-hmm. if you could kind of capture that sort of stage presence mm-hmm. i i think this one will be a, a shocker so <laughs> yeah well i mean i completely underestimated jacques mm-hmm. a few I think, years ago i think ago. everybody did like i think yeah. we all did i think we all thought that the song was kind of a joke and completely underestimated like how joyful that performance would be right. so this feels a this feels a little bit more serious than that one, but uh, yeah. Again, like I think, depending on staging, this one could be a surprise. So the next one on the list is Estonia. They had their Eskilau final on Saturday, which featured twelve performers, and the winner of that was Victor Krohn with Storm. So this one is uh, co-written by Stieg Rasta, who was half of the duo that represented Estonia in 2015. He's been part of Estonia's Eurovision 
family, I guess, uh, the yeah. last few years. Like he, I, I believe he wrote 2016's entry. He, yeah, uh, I think so too. In, yeah, he competed last year in Istilal. And Victor Krohn is Swedish, I believe. And this feels very Swedish in its execution. Yeah, I was about to say, this, this song felt very Swedish to me. Were you able to watch this performance yeah, like, like, I, as it happened? Yeah, I watched the, so Estilal, at least the final, was in two parts, sort of like the everybody perform stage and the results and super final stage. I watched mm-hmm the everybody perform stage it was a lot of fun i was very impressed just by like the the full range of uh, performers that they had i really liked the the what eventually placed second uh uku is pretty little liar mm-hmm. but there were like there were like a handful of things i thought were were very interesting very different all of them yeah and they were really spoiled for choice this year mm-hmm. like of, of the full field of 24 songs there were a number that did not make it out of the semifinals where i was like why didn't that one make it that one was so good and i mm-hmm. i thought they went with some kind of safe choices for finalists but i think i'm okay with storm as an entry it's i i think there's some work that can be done with it but estonia is still kind of on like a recovery trip i think because they they had a rough couple of years there Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think this one's going to get them kind of back on track. I really liked this one. I kind of liked Pretty Little Liar a little bit more, but the more I listen to this one, the more I like it. And it could just be that I tend to really like the Scandinavian entries, and this is basically a Scandinavian entry. Mm-hmm. This is like the second year in a row that I've really fallen for a song titled Storm, which concerns me. <laughs> Uh, and also, I like the the one quibble I have is that I th- you can't just rhyme this with this in the chorus <laughs> of the various entries that have been announced so far. Like this is one of my early favorites, I think, and we'll see uh-huh. how that. Yeah, I need to see like how this sits with me over time, but I can see this one like going the distance and, and placing well. It's still fairly early. Like we only have thirteen of the forty two songs that are going to be competing and mm-hmm. i think once our playlists shift from the national finals to like the core 42 it's, uh, yeah like then we'll see how things shake out but i want to see what they can do with the performance other than cutting to what's clearly like a video bit uh, on the first watch that was really impressive to me but as i keep watching it i i see how the trick is done i, mm. I see the cut i thought it was a very effective staging of the song too I don't know. I like this one. The other Baltic selection that happened was in Latvia. Uh, They wrapped up their supernova process. And the winner of that was Carousel with That Night. I've become such a Latvia stan since they've switched to the supernova format. And yes. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like, it seems like Latvia is just kind of like the coffee shop of Europe, particularly like with the last few entries that they've like, cause you know how much I loved last year's entry. Yes. Uh, and this one just feels kind of like a continuation of that. And what really gets me about carousel winning supernova was that, the other entries in the field were pretty bombastic or just like very like synth heavy pop aggressive. And this one was so quiet mm-hmm. and it totally resonated with the audience because the way the supernova format works is they have like four different ways of public voting. Like you can 
they measure Spotify streams, they measure uh, televoting, web voting, app voting, and then they come up with a composite score of that. And this came in second in the composite score. It, it won the televote and the web vote. So uh, it's definitely res- resonating with the Latvian audience. It won the jury. And it just kind of surprised me because it was a pretty stacked field. And I, I don't even think this one was really in the conversation of the favorites. Like there was Marcus Riva, who has been part of Supernova like every single year. And one of these days he's going to represent Latvia, whether Latvia wants it or not. Marcus Riva will be at Eurovision at some point. Like it just seems like law of averages at this point. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just the fact that this song managed to rise to the top despite all the indicators that it just would get lost in the shuffle like it is it, pretty impressive mm-hmm. now, uh, what do you think of this track you mentioning that like this really feels like a continuation for you of last year's entry mm-hmm. uh funny girl like that might explain for me like why this isn't doing anything for me because Ooh. that one like just from the beginning <laughs> i was not on board with that one I, I think, I mean, the Supernova format has been working well for, for Latvia, but mm. I wonder, like, I've, well, it has been, but it's, it's, but I was also just about to bring up that it's been seeing kind of diminishing returns because, like, you had Love Injected came out very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year, Amanada wrote Heartbeat for Just. That one also mm. felt like it did very well. Line did not qualify. Yeah, finished absolute last place. Yeah. Uh, that one was a surprise, though, because I really liked that one. Uh, that one was so good. That was, and that was like one of my... Yeah. yeah like and, just the, <laughs> the stage presence of it was just like such beautiful staging. Like It was one of my favorite photos from uh, that year. But, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, it yeah. did not connect. Yeah, but since then, they've been having some trouble, and I'm not sure that a continuation of what didn't work last year is going to suddenly work this year. This is another one where it's very early in the process, and I think once I give this one a few more spins, we'll see where it, where it shakes out with me. But just my early impression is that it didn't leave much of an impression with me, which is not good. On the other hand, the quieter vibe, like, there's been just kind of, like, a whole mood this year. <laughs> like, we've been kind of discussing it as we prep the show. Yeah. Just like you, <laughs> There's just, like, a whole mood. Admittedly, the quiet thing that Latvia is doing wasn't working for me, but, like, over in Slovenia... It feels like they're also kind of doing their own take on that, and it did work for me a lot. Like, this is Zala Krai and Gaspar Santel's uh, Sebi. First, I just want to take a moment to to mention that like one of my favorite parts of watching the Slovenian videos is the the Slovenian cousin of Cletus the robot, who is the Fox football dancing robot, showing up in the interstitials. Like that delighted me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but like this song, like also had like a quietness and kind of like a weird intimacy to it that reminded me of the XX, this this British group I, I like that's released three albums at this point. But this had kind of the same feeling it kind of had some of like the same thing that portugal's entry last year had going on to me that Mm. didn't turn out that great for portugal last year but that's fine this was like really pleasant to me this was it was smooth but still had texture (laughs) i keep using really weird opposite words in describing this song but smooth but also texture (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what did you think mike i ended up just having to watch this back later on saturday and it was weird watching the video, and I think part of it was like the sound quality of the video wasn't great, and 
it sounded like the audience, the studio audience was really into the song and they were connecting to what was happening on stage. And I'm watching it's like, all right, I'm missing something here. I need to listen to the studio track uh, just to kind of see what what everybody's latching on to. Listen to that on Spotify, and then there aren't peaks and valleys to this song. There's not like a an obvious verse chorus right. setup to it, but it is kind of continuing in that whole like Eurovision is a mood type thing, where it's just like I could totally imagine this song on a like all right, I need to be heads down and working mm-hmm. on something playlist, and just having it in the background. It's not distracting, but it's helping me get work done. So it's like kind of just working on. Maybe mm-hmm. a subconscious level. My husband did say, like, after watching the stage performance, like, man, that is one intense junior prom. Uh, just, yeah, like just they, with the yeah, way they, that they're, they're set up. And... Yeah, they, they do need like a yardstick in there for the Holy Ghost. Right, um, exactly. <laughs> but it has like this kind of weird quiet power. Like you said, there's not like a, a standard verse chorusing. It sort of just does its thing for three minutes. There is something there, and I just haven't put my finger on what it is yet, but we've got a couple months to figure that out, and yeah. that, that's where I've landed on that. So, oh goodness, so that was all just Saturday. Yes. Sunday just had the one final that was in Romania, and the winner there was Esther Peony with On a Sunday. And oh my goodness, there was a lot going on in Romania. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like I, I read the the follow-up. It was just kind of a gape. Yeah. So there were uh, twelve acts total from the two semifinals. Romania was really spoiled for choice. Like there were, I want to say five entries that were contenders to win. Esther Puni was one of them. The two favorites were Bella Santiago and. Laura Bertan, my personal favorite was Dana, which was like this sort of uh, Balkan-infused track where there was a guy playing a saxophone keytar combination thing. It was just fascinating to look at. Yeah, so and... yeah, like just, just hearing that description, sign me up, please. Exactly, yeah. And it's just like really kind of a party track. Um, yeah, I, I, I won't get too into that one because it did not win. But so the voting's happening and they're, they had a pretty lengthy like televoting window. Then they go to the jury. And they have an international jury of six people. There was, uh, like, I think it was the head of the Israeli delegation, who's been at a few of these national finals. I know she uh, provided votes in uh, France's selection. And, yeah, she just pops up every now and then. Emily DeForest, who won Eurovision in 2013 for Denmark, uh, was one of the judges. And the two editors-in-chief over at WeWe Blogs were on the jury. They were not on the jury as a pair. They were both individual jurors. Jury all gives out their points. Then it goes to the televote. And the televote only has one set of points that they're giving out. So pretty much like the televote was a seventh juror, which means the public only had one seventh of the vote, while one blogging contingent had almost 30% of the vote. That is like if the two of us each had voting credibility in Romania, 
which right. we do not. I don't know. Like, I would be fine if like they had had one combined vote, but like to have more of a say in Romania's entry than the Romanian people. Right. This was mm-hmm. a very weird way to do the vote. Like, it was just like, yeah, why even bother having a public televote? Uh, yeah. If, like, it, if, if they have so little say. Well, yeah, usually it's like a 50 50 vote where 50 is like the whatever combination of juries you have and the other 50% is the people, not 86%, 14%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was just really kind of... Uh... Yeah. And I think also it was just the fact that I don't think anybody really had Esther Peony in the office pool of like who's going to win. Um, like her, so- I think the song is fine. Um, I think this is, it's going to be a song that's going to kind of grow on people. Like it, mm-hmm. it, de- it definitely has like a Romanian edge to it, which is one of the things that I really look for. Like, cause that was my issue with Bella Santiago's song where it's just like, yeah, I think any country could send this. Like there was nothing distinctly Romanian about it or like really part of Romania's persona at Eurovision. Mm-hmm. I think on a Sunday does have that persona and will have the potential of providing a really good performance, particularly because last year was the first time Romania missed the final. So like they, yeah. they do need to bounce back. It was just very fishy circumstances, how this all kind of shook out. Uh, what, what, what do you think of the track? It, it's growing on me as well. Like It has a sense of drama to it that I mm-hmm. like. And I think that just watching it, how the, the staging changed between the semifinal and the final, definitely they're, they're working on that. And they're definitely thinking about how to stage this in a creative way. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit more time with this one, but I, I I like it. Like my first impression is I like it. Yeah, yeah, and and this is another one that doesn't have like the traditional verse chorus setup. It has a little bit more of that. It's not like on a Sunday is the hook of the song. It's like yeah. pretty much the first line, and then it goes from there. So I don't think Romania made a bad choice. It's just there are a lot of people who are very cranky about how that choice was made. Um, I, th- I think that those people have a point. Hopefully Romania will take these notes for next year and maybe reconsider a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, or exactly. if they want to get a couple of Americans. I was going to say, uh, also, yeah, like if you want to, yeah, uh, if you want to uh, build uh, out like the, the blogging component of your jury, we are available at yes. very reasonable prices. Yes. ESC at what else is on TV. So. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> that was it for all of the multitude of actual selections. But on top of that, we also had the usual crazy spate of semifinals to talk about. We have a couple this week that are sort of ongoing. So Iceland, our favorite. We now have a full slate of who's going to be in the final. This week, they selected Tara Moby and Friedrich Omar as the two to go through from Heat 2. And then the jury had the right to select a wild card from the entire uh, group of artists. And they did exercise that and also invited Christina Skubo Berenson from Heat 1 to join the the four acts in the final. So it's going to be an interesting final, I think. We have some veteran performers like Hera Bjork. And I think Friedrich Omar was part of a group that also went to Eurovision. You have Tara Moby, who has sort of a very kind of poppy entry, a very kind of standard, what I think of as Eurovision, mm-hmm. which it was a very catchy song. And I'm interested to see like how she chooses to perform that in the finals for Iceland. Right, because uh, they have to choose if they're going to perform in Icelandic or English, and yes. like, they're locked in. Uh, yeah, for, like the yeah the yeah. the heats uh, are they perform in Icelandic, uh, and then the final they choose which way they want to go, which I like. I like that it, it puts a focus on on their language. Mm-hmm. Frankly, a lot of the times I like the Icelandic version a little bit better because it has that texture of the of the the language. Just listening to what is essentially old Norse is is super cool to me. 
Anyways, the final for that is in two weeks. It is not this weekend, which was very disappointing to me. The other uh, semifinal process that is still kind of ongoing is Sweden. This felt like a weirdly off week for, for Melfest, or at least for my Melfest radar. I've been usually pretty good about nailing which of the seven acts is going to be going on to the future parts of the competition. But I was just like all over the place this week. Like the two that I thought were going to make it to the final one of them went to Andre Johnson. The other one placed seventh. So, oof. <laughs> the two that I thought were going to be Andre Johnson, one went through to the final. One was Andre Johnson. So I, I got I was one for four this week. And then of the remaining three, I was correct on two of them. And the one that I thought was going to play seventh placed first. So oh well, there you again, go. oof. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was the most confusing for me was I was like one of the acts was this group Dolly style uh, performing Habibi, which is this you know kind of tropical pop prefab group track. Like the group is kind of pulling on K-pop slash kind of Japanese kawaii influences, at least mm-hmm. visually. But everybody is Swedish, yeah. uh, and I was just like, like in a way that maybe have to like double check if there was like a toy line being promoted. Because uh, just every okay. everything yeah. is just kind of like all the same, like three very distinct pastel colors. Like it's if this group had existed in like the late '80s, like they would have been like alongside like Rainbow Bright in terms of having a Saturday morning cartoon and mm-hmm. a line of lunchboxes. Yeah, and I mean, like this isn't the first time they've been at Millfest, but it does yeah, like seem that, kind that... of weird to have them be part of the process like the year after Toy yeah. happened. Because it's just like kind oh, of... it's like really leaning into that aesthetic, which was problematic at the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, w- I went back and was like watching the other their other two appearances because, again, I go down the rabbit hole on these things. Mm-hmm. And the first their first song for from Alpha seemed to be introducing them as a band and a concept and a toy line. I don't know. That one did not make it through. The second one felt kind of like a bewitched. You remember Bewitched from the late 90s. Uh, felt oh, like sort of like a <laughs> from like a like a B side from them. I'm still not sure I get it. And I looked at like the the membership chart over the years. You know how how bands on Wikipedia will have like the membership charts show when, when Lindsey Buckingham wasn't talking to the rest of Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. It was like that. And like what's interesting is that no individual member of Dolly Style has performed at Melody Festival in more than twice. <laughs> uh, anyways, they're basically menudo. It's great. Awesome. Also coming up this weekend, Germany will have their national selection, uh, Unser Lied for Israel. That'll be happening on Friday. On Friday, not on Saturday. Yay, thank you, Deutschland. Uh, Thanks, German. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Finland, the third song by Darude and Sebastian Raymond uh, will drop. Uh, UMK happens on March 2nd. Denmark's uh, Dansk Melody Grand Prix will be happening on Saturday. Hungary's Adal uh, final will be happening on Saturday. And there was so much drama with Hungary, <laughs> like just out of the blue. I've been following Hungary's process. It's been fine. Like it, it's usually a process that doesn't generate a lot of drama because they're very thorough, but very subdued. Uh, even mm-hmm. like the hard rock entries is just like, oh, okay, yes, this is just Hungarian hard rock. And there usually aren't like huge problems. That lead in makes me think that there are suddenly huge problems. <laughs> there are huge problems. So one of the entries was under investigation for plagiarism. Petruska's entry, Help Me Out of Here, was determined to be ineligible because it was found to be too similar to Vampire Weekend's White Sky, uh, particularly the kind of... uh, Yelpy bits? 
Yeah, yeah. Speaking as our resident Vampire Weekend expert, uh, I like you said Vampire Weekend. Well, you typed Vampire Weekend in our notes for the show, and my, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of all the bands to rip off, that one. Um. Anyway, so I checked out both the Hungarian song and re-listened to Vampire Weekend's White Sky, and yeah, there are a lot of similarities there. Yeah, and they both sound like they were tracks from like Paul Simon's Graceland album. So yep, like that's that's how Vampire Weekend works. That's what they do. Okay, so Petruska's been removed from. He qualified for the final and uh, has uh, been replaced by uh, Gergo Ola. There's a little bit more to it than that. So Petruska was in the third heat, which was the same heat that Leander Kills competed in Mm -hmm. and leander kills is another one of those acts that is in like the national finals every single year and it was a big deal when they didn't qualify they uh the way it works in the qualifying heats is you've got uh 10 entries competing five of them will advance to the final based on points and then a sixth wild card will be determined by a public vote once all of the points were determined leander kills finished in sixth place so didn't make the first cut people were expecting them to advance on the wild card they did not uh the group usnk ended up getting the wild card uh so leander kills was out in heat three had petruska not been in the field or disqualified after that leander kills would have been i presume bumped up into qualifying so there's that now petruska was disqualified at the semifinal stage and he performed in the first semifinal. Gergo Ola was in the second semifinal. So the way that the qualifying works is like they're just basing it on the points. And Gergo Ola of the all of the people in the semifinals had the highest score to not advance. So at the same time, it's like, well, shouldn't it be the person in the semifinal who advances rather than the, whoever is the overall high score? So it's just, there's just no clean way to get out of this situation. That's just going to kind of make things a little yucky for the final, I think. But okay, have fun with that, Hungary. Sorry. Uh <laughs> So Hungary got surprisingly interesting uh, in the yeah, last 48 hours that is, or so. That is, a, so. that is a whole lot of things. Yeah, because they, they have like a couple other people in the finals that that have been there before, like uh, Josie Popeye from a mm-hmm. couple years ago in 2017, Andras Kelly Sounders from 2014. So a lot of people in the field, but, but no longer Petruska. Right. Yeah. And it probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things like uh josie papai is uh, i believe considered to be the favorite at this point it's just kind of a weird way to go into the final for what has been a relatively quiet season okay it is time for my favorite part of the program how many people are there in lithuania there are eight songs and seven acts and we are finally getting an entry this saturday Yes. And we're finally in the single digits. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. Two of the songs are by Monica Maria. Despite asking for people to not vote for her entry in the second semifinal, Criminal did finish in fourth place after the jury and televote scores were combined. So she will be pulling double duty uh, at the final. 
and will probably be the representative. She won the first semifinal, and despite asking people not to vote, she still qualified. I mean, she has a 25% chance of, of, of taking it. The only thing that could happen is if she ends up splitting the vote with herself. We'll see how that goes. In terms of the breakdown from the beginning of the marathon to now, there were five songs that qualified from the third heat, two songs from the fourth heat, one song from Heat 2, and none of the songs from the very first Heat way back when. So, yeah, read into that what you will. Uh, <laughs> so maybe maybe you don't need four Heats. Yeah, or maybe not 52 songs over the course of however many weeks. I, I think yeah, this is week maybe, seven or eight. Yeah. It's, maybe just, just do like one additional shortlist on top of what you're already doing before you start airing these. Yeah, or, or just have like eight songs. Or just have eight or, of them. Yeah, Eight's a nice yeah. number. Assuming the stars align, one song will be chosen on Saturday. So <laughs> Through some sort of voting error, both of Monica Maria's songs have won. Yes. And must It'll be just performed. Be a yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere in what's happening this weekend, which is less intense than last weekend, uh, we also have Ukraine's final. The Vidbeer finale. How is how is Vidbeer looking? Ukraine is spoiled for choice. I'm so glad that there are so many countries that are spoiled for choice these uh, last couple weeks. But uh, six acts will be competing in the final. I do have to warn you, it's going to be a very long broadcast because uh, it's pretty much averaging one song per half hour. The judges will nitpick to the maximum. I, I remember when Jamala was in the final back in 2016, like they were critiquing everything from like the art direction to like what she was wearing to like specific notes in the music of 1944. So like they will get into the nitty gritty. And like a lot of that is just like, no, this is the feedback you need to hear in preparation for Eurovision. And even though it's only six songs, it's going to be at least a three hour show. And that is not an exaggeration. So pack a sandwich. So <laughs> <laughs> pack a lunch. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there is a dud in the field. Like okay. It, that yeah, you, Ukraine's gonna Ukraine and I'm here for it. So <laughs> But but that seems to be a process that works for them. Mm-hmm. Uh Portugal is continuing the Festival de Cansao this coming weekend as well. Uh four entries advanced from semifinal one last weekend. A number that I'm assuming will also be four will be advancing from semifinal two. Yep. Uh, All of those entries we have a lovely playlist for on Spotify, so check that out. And to get all of what's coming this weekend in handy calendar form with links, we also have that on the website. It's pretty great. Yes. I think that does it. I think we've talked about all the things. Do I want to do a quick check of Eurovision.tv? Uh, I don't know. Like, well, actually, what we should do is we should say, like, when are tickets going on sale? Just to kind of like throw that out into the universe, so that maybe like there'll be an announcement like Tuesday morning about tickets on sales. <laughs> so. You're thinking about the people, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 we are here to help you. We're here to help uh, you. We make the news happen. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at eurowhat. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Eurowhat on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. Word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to listen, so please tell all your friends about the Eurowhat podcast. 
We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision.